bringing you the latest in tax credit news. This is Tax Credit Tuesday with your host, Michael Novogratik. Hello, I'm Michael Novogratik, and this is Tax Credit Tuesday. Today is Tuesday, July 31st, 2018. Now, tomorrow is a remarkable day. It's 50 years since President Lyndon Johnson signed the Housing and Urban Development Act of 1968. At that bill signing, Johnson called the legislation the Magna Carta to liberate our cities. Now, among other things, the bill did create Ginnie Mae, and the creation of Ginnie Mae marked a continuation and a shift towards directing new federal subsidies away from publicly owned housing to privately owned housing. Now, I'm going to later in today's podcast discuss current legislative efforts to use public-private partnerships to create more affordable housing. Now, we have an excellent podcast for you this week. I'm going to start with the latest updates on Republican efforts to advance Phase 2 of tax reform, which is often referred to as Tax Reform 2.0. After that, I'm going to discuss two tax bills that are going to be of great interest to most of my listeners. One bill would expand funding for the low-income housing tax credit. The other bill? Well, it would expand funding for the new markets tax credit. The introduction of these two bills is a notable milestone to potentially getting them enacted this fall, or at least setting the stage for their enactment next year. Then I'll wrap up today's podcast with other industry headlines, including a blog post on HUD income data and some good news for the state historic tax credit programs in Delaware and Illinois. Also, as a programming note, as we often do in August, as well as the end of December, we're going to take a holiday from the Tax Credit Tuesday podcast next week. As such, our next episode will be Tuesday, August 14th. If you're ready, let's get started. Now let's talk about Tax Reform 2.0 and what Republicans, or at least House Republicans, have in mind. Now we start with last Tuesday when House Ways and Means Committee Chairman Kevin Brady released the House GOP framework for Tax Reform 2.0. House Republicans say they'll release Tax Reform 2.0 this fall. The legislation, as the title implies, is a follow-up to last winter's tax legislation. Tax Reform 2.0, if enacted, would make permanent many of the individual and pass-through tax cuts for small businesses that were enacted last year, as well as reform tax treatment of savings and education accounts. Now, the Republicans' stated goals of the framework include helping families increase their savings and helping new businesses write off more of their initial startup costs. Now, one interesting line I should note is the framework calls for the tax code to be examined and improved every year. The document actually likened annual tax code revisions to upgrading apps on your phone. An interesting analogy, but no doubt not as easy as updating apps on your phone. Now, a Ways and Means Committee press release said that the framework launches the listening sessions that are going to occur between lawmakers and constituents as they head home for the August recess. House Ways and Means Committee Chairman Kevin Brady said he expects the bill to be discussed and voted on in the fall. Now, getting to that point certainly seems plausible. That is, discussing it and voting on the bill in the fall in the House. But getting tax reform 2.0 beyond that isn't very plausible. Now, it's unclear, or many would say it's actually unlikely, 
that the Senate will even consider the bill. This means the bill isn't likely to pass before the midterm elections or even in a lame duck session of Congress post-election. Now, one item in the Tax Reform 2.0 legislation that's likely to cause consternation among congressional Republicans in New York, California, or other high state income or state tax states is having to vote again on repealing the deductibility of state taxes. Now, that said, the discussion of Tax Reform 2.0 will take up a lot of energy in the fall, and parts of Tax Reform 2.0 are likely eventually to be enacted either in a lame duck session at the end of this year or next year. That's why it's well worth watching and monitoring the details of this legislation as they develop. In the interim, if you want to learn more about the tax reform legislation that was passed last year, or get a refresher on how the new law affects the long term tax credit, new markets tax credits, door tax credit, and renewable energy tax credits, or the creation of opportunity zones, I encourage you to check out the 2018 Novigradic Tax Reform Resource Guide. And I note, if you're a client, it is free. Now, I'll include a link to the resource guide and to the Tax Reform 2.0 framework in today's show notes, and I'll also send out a tweet. Now, let's discuss the two bills that were introduced last week that would expand support for affordable housing and community development. You may recall, or you may have read over the weekend in Glenn Thrush's article in the New York Times, that one of the major effects of last year's tax bill was a projected loss of 235,000 affordable housing units over the next 10 years. Now, that's due mostly to a decrease in the top corporate tax rate, but it's also due to some other provisions. Now, a temporary boost in the low-income housing tax credit enacted in the Omnibus Appropriations Bill earlier this year was a small down payment to help mitigate those affordable housing losses. Well, last Thursday, Democratic Rep. James Clyburn of South Carolina introduced a bill that would fully restore the affordable housing units lost. Now, the bill has two main provisions. First, it increases the low-income housing tax credit annual allocation amount by 19%, starting in 2019. More specifically, under the bill, the per capita low-income housing tax credit allocation amount in 2019 would be $2.90. Also, the small state minimum low-income housing tax allocation amount would increase to $3.365 million in 2019. Second, the bill modernizes the credit percentage formula, thus resulting in a higher 9% rate and a higher so-called 4% rate. Now, for the tax wonky listeners, I want to go through the specific changes in the calculation of the credit percentage formula. First, the bill would repeal the statutory 28% reduction in the discount rate used. Second, the bill would add 1.5% to the average discount rate used. This adjustment would better align the discount rate used to the private investor sector cost of capital. And third, in calculating the credit percentage, the assumed start date of tax credit delivery would be pushed out two years to better reflect the fact that investors typically do not claim the credit immediately upon a development receiving an allocation. Now, these three changes would increase the resulting applicable percentages by about 16%. 16% for the 9% credit, a lot more for the 4% credit, since it doesn't have a floor currently under current law. Now, this offset would help re- increase the credit percentage to an equity value that we saw before tax reform. Now, this bill overall would result in larger allocations 
that will allow more funding on the 9% credit side, as well as adjust the credit percentage formula to restore the financial feasibility of individual developments. The bill, we estimate, would increase production of affordable housing by more than 235,000 homes over 10 years. Now, the bill is called the Restoring Tax Credits for Affordable Housing Act. I also wanted to note that I'm proud to share that Novogratz did assist in the development of the bill and has analyzed the effects of the bill. I will tweet a link to the legislation and include the bill in today's show notes. Now, let's switch to community development funding. A bill was introduced Friday, last Friday that is, in the House of Representatives, that would authorize an extra $500 million per year in new Marcus tax credits to certain rural areas. The Rural Jobs Act, which was introduced by Republican Jason Smith of Missouri and Democrat Terry Sewell of Alabama, this legislation would increase the allocation for two years so that the total additional allocation would be $1 billion, $500 million a year for two years. Now, the bill would cover the 2018 and 2019 new Marcus tax credit allocation rounds, which means both rounds would have $4 billion in allocation authority rather than $3.5 billion. Now, the legislation would go exclusively to rural jobs zones. Now, these would be new market tax credit eligible census tracts that are in rural communities that are eligible for the USDA Business and Industry Program. Rural job zones would include non-metro areas and other rural areas outside of urbanized regions of metro areas. Now, additional requirement, at least 25% of this additional allocation, or $125 million, would need to be prioritized for persistent poverty counties and high outmigration rural counties. So, what are persistent poverty and high outmigration rural counties? Persistent poverty counties are counties with poverty rates of 20% or more since 1990. Persistent poverty. High outmigration rural counties are counties that have experienced net outmigration of at least 10% over the past 20 years. So basically, there would be a priority for counties with a long history of poverty and for rural counties that have experienced long periods of significant population losses. Now, I do expect a Senate companion bill to be introduced in the coming weeks, and these bills could be considered during the post-election lame duck session. I'll keep you updated on the status of the bill's progress. And in the meantime, if you would like to learn more about ways to bring new market tax credit investments to rural areas, I'd encourage you to contact one of my partners in a Novogratic office near you. Now let's turn to other news. I wanted to call your attention to a post on our notes from the Novogratic blog about what we can learn from HUD's income data. In the blog, my partner Blair Kinser explains in the post how widespread the increases are this year in area median income. He notes in the blog that maximum allowable rents will be increasing significantly in many markets from 2017 to 2018 and beyond. Now these increases in maximum rents will need to be balanced against real and localized rent trends, of course. Now I've included a link to the blog post in today's show notes. Take a read, let me know what you think. Send an email to cpas at novaco.com. Now let's turn to historic tax credit news. The state historic tax credit cap for owner-occupied properties in Delaware was increased this month. 
That legislation bumped the cap for a single rehab of owner-occupied property from $20,000 to $30,000. Delaware does have a 30% state historic tax credit for properties that are not eligible for the federal credit. And then turning to Illinois, Illinois last week enacted a statewide historic tax credit. Previously, state historic tax credits were only available in certain areas. The newly enacted act, namely the Historic Preservation Tax Credit Act, makes a 25% tax credit available statewide for tax years 2019 to 2023. I'd encourage you to contact my partner, Tom Bosha, for more information on using this newly created Illinois state tax credit. Or if you have questions about other state historic tax credits, please reach out to Tom. He's in our Cleveland, Ohio office. Well, that brings me to the end of this week's report. I do hope you enjoyed this week's podcast as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. I do have a quick reminder. Registration is open for our upcoming fall Novogradic conferences. We're going to start the fall with our historic tax credit conference that's being held in Nashville, Tennessee on September 27th and 28th. From there, we have back-to-back conferences in New Orleans. We'll start that the week with a Opportunity Zones conference, our first ever, on October 2nd and 3rd. From there, we're going to have our credit and bond financing for affordable housing conference. That'll be October 4th and 5th. From there, we're going to go to Austin, Texas, October 18th and 19th, for our new Marcus Tax Credit Conference. If you'd like to see a full calendar of our events, and certainly to register for them, go to www.novoco.com events. And as noted at the beginning of the podcast, we are going to take a brief holiday next Tuesday. So the next Tax Credit Tuesday podcast will be Tuesday, August 14th. Enjoy your two weeks. That's it for now. I'm Michael Novogratik. Thanks for listening. This weekly podcast has been brought to you by Novogratik and Company, LLP. Archived podcasts are available online at www.novaco.com forward slash podcast or by subscribing to the Tax Credit Tuesday podcast in iTunes. You can find related links referenced in this podcast in our show notes at www.novaco.com forward slash podcast. Novogratik and Company LLP is a national certified public accounting and consulting firm with offices nationwide. Learn more about our professional services at www.novaco.com.